welcome to the EQFit podcast. Our mission is to equip people to prosper in every aspect of their life. Whether you're at home or in the workplace, we explore practical ways of improving success, satisfaction, finding balance, and building enjoyable and beneficial relationships. Thank you for joining us. In my 40 plus years of experience, as a consultant, a coach, specializing in a variety of different areas of organizational development, leadership development, personal development, emotional intelligence, neuroscience, all of that, I've seen firsthand how poor choices and disappointing outcomes plague companies that dismiss the value of being data-driven. While intuition and experience are crucial components of decision-making, the absence of data-informed strategies can set the stage for pitfalls that organizations may not foresee. Now, you may be saying, stop, wait a minute. Our organization uses data every day. And the answer to that is probably yes. Financial data, numbers, sales data, all of that, right? I get that. Process data, project data, All of that is important, but what about people data? Let me share a story with you that I think points this out pretty well. I'm sitting in a owner's office. He is the CEO of his organization. He's the visionary. He's also very technical. That's his training, highly technical. And he's telling me about all the data they have and all the information they've gathered over the years and why it's so important. And I was impressed. It was very impressive. Then I asked him, I haven't heard anything about your people data. What does that look like? He gave me a funny look and said, well, we do annual evaluations. And I kind of smiled and said, no, that's not what I'm asking. I said, okay, on the technical things that you do, you measure so many different things. You have benchmarks and standards. You know how those numbers work. Do you have the same approach the data-driven approach to your people, to their growth and development, to their capacities and capabilities, their competencies, their skills, to which I received crickets, just a blank stare. When it comes to a data-driven culture, which is what I want to focus on today, you can get really good data on people. And I'll talk to you about where that comes from. But so many organizations have this this dichotomy when it comes to data. They have wonderful data on their systems and their processes, their sales, their marketing, their performance levels, all of those things, and those are important. But there is many times a huge gap in people data. 
really, truly effective data that will help people upskill, grow, develop, learn, become more curious, be better problem solvers, have higher emotional intelligence, be better leaders, and the list just goes on. Well, it's not uncommon for business owners and leaders to rely very heavily on intuition or gut feelings when it comes to people. And there, honestly, there's this ego and or pride that seems to come out of that. You know, I was talking to another owner recently who wanted to look at using some of our assessments. And I explained why a multidimensional approach to assessments, meaning a variety of assessments coming together, correlating the multiple data points, and getting a much better 360-degree look at candidates uh, before they hire them was very important. But it was more important for him to win. But by winning, he lost. What do I mean by that? Well, he said, I don't need all of that. We're really good at hiring people. And I had to smile in that conversation because they had like, a dozen openings. And I looked at him and said, if you're that good at hiring people, why do you have all these openings right now? Well, this didn't work out for one reason and that didn't work out for another reason, but it isn't our hiring process. Okay, fine. Sidelight here. I'm not going to change the way people think overnight, but I am going to provide insight that I hope people will will have the lights come on at some point and see that getting the right kind of data in the right time frame in the right way is hugely beneficial for making better decisions about people. But his need to win by deciding not to use our assessments and not pay the money for them was actually his pathway to loss because he's going to continue that revolving door hiring process. The gut feelings and the intuition, there's nothing wrong with those. But back it up with good data. Get as much insight and information as you can. Now, there are so many research papers out there. There's so much, so many case studies about all of this. I just want to hit the highlights today. I won't go into all the proof sources but I do want to hit the highlight. So the first one is the danger of subjectivity. We've talked about that gut feeling, that intuition, which is a part of the hiring and developing process, but certainly not by itself. Here's the next danger, which is the lack of scalability. Organizations that don't leverage good data around their people have a much harder time scaling their operations. It's primarily because data offers insights into people that they're not going to have any other way except long-term experience. Well, the problem with gaining it through long-term experience of working with someone is that could take a year, two years, three years, four years. What have you lost in the meantime? What could have been developed in that individual in the meantime? What skills could have been upskilled 
in that time frame. A lot of opportunity cost in that. A next one is inefficient allocation of people in different roles where we don't really get a sense of the giftedness and the strengths and the capacities of an individual that could really help us put them in the right place doing the right things. But without the good data in a data-driven culture when it comes to people, you're not going to have that. That's another danger of not having a data-driven culture when it comes to people and, and development of your people and your organization, which of course includes your teams. Then just add on top of that another danger of not having that data-driven culture, which is reduced competitiveness. I have a definition for agility that I like to use. I came up with it a few years ago. Agility is the ability to take advantage of opportunity with speed and efficiency. Agility is the ability to take advantage of opportunity with speed and efficiency. In today's fast-paced business environment, organizations that fail to harness the power of data when it relates to their people and development of their people and their leaders, their teams, their organization, they fall behind. And there's a key element here. One of the biggest reasons so many people have changed jobs over the last three to four years was a lack of organizations investing in their people. Well, the first way you can do it and an easy way to do it and really truly an inexpensive way that gives you huge ROI is by starting with a good multidimensional assessment approach that gains insight for everybody involved, which then creates better collaboration, better communication, more productivity, highly engaged employees. All of those things are pluses at a very minimal cost. There are some real dangers to not having a data-driven organization when it comes to people. Let's look deeper into that. The benefits of transitioning to a data-driven approach when it comes to people, their development uh, within leadership, teams, individuals, and entire organizations, the benefits extend beyond just profit margins. They can dramatically improve the culture of the organization, employee engagement, and even customer satisfaction. By embracing data and a data-driven culture, businesses can make more informed decisions, they can mitigate risk, and they can strategically allocate resources for a sustainable future. So when we start to bring this all together, here's what we find. The arguments against transforming to a data-driven people model, using assessments, using good data with people to gain real advantage, 
the arguments against that generally center around the initial cost and the effort required to adopt these things. However, as someone who has seen the detrimental outcomes of not taking this approach, I can say unequivocally that the cost of inaction, the cost of not doing it, is far, far greater. Being data-driven is not merely a buzzword. It's a fundamental necessity for the long-term success and sustainability of an organization. As a consultant, I strongly advocate for a comprehensive data-driven approach when it comes to people backed by robust assessments for the outcomes and success that you want to achieve. So what does that really look like? We've talked about assessments. How do we unleash the power of assessments and what are the benefits? What are the the return on investment, so to speak. Well, if you want better decision-making and a brighter future, that's where we start. We live in an age that's, that's just awash with data and metrics. I mean, they're everywhere, right? You see it everywhere you look. But how do we distill meaning from those numbers? That's critical. How do we ensure that our decisions are grounded in truth, particularly when it comes to organizational dynamics, leadership roles, or even personal growth? The answer is simply assessments, specifically the right kind of assessments. So why do assessments matter? What's the significance of using assessments? It's really simple. Assessments can be predictive, prescriptive, and transformative. If you've been following my work for a while, you know that I've got a hefty toolbox of assessments that I've researched and applied for decades. And I've recently added many more for very specific reasons. And let me say this. The right assessments can offer you clarity that is simply unmatched. So to get to that data-driven culture when it comes to people, which is really the missing link in most organizations, because they are pretty good at data in other areas, operations, sales, marketing, all of that, to get to that excellence of a data-driven culture when it comes to people. And by the way, people are your most important asset. You can have all kinds of great systems and computers and, and materials and resources. You can have all of that. But the reality is it's the people that get things done. It is the people that impact the bottom line. So let's get back to assessments and just focus for a minute on the tools that are going to help us create this data-driven culture that we want. So what constitutes a great assessment? 
Well, it should be rooted in solid scientific principles. We're talking about a fusion of psychology, neuroscience, and perhaps even sociology. For example, there's a brand new assessment that I have spent a significant amount of time getting certified in that I think is a game changer, and it's called Habit Story. Just think about the name itself, Habit Story. What is the story of your habits? Do you know what your habits are? It's a tool that I believe is going to help in so many ways that is unavailable anywhere else. No other assessment that I have ever seen, and I've seen a lot of them over the years, has this kind of clarity and focus and brings the kind of insight that it does. It not only measures habits, both productive and counterproductive, but it also dives deep into the driving forces behind those habits, such as emotions. Why is all of this important? Well, don't just take my word for it. Dr. Chuck Coker of Life Thrive has cited that the average employee, the average employee tenure today is 2.4 years. What does that mean to you? To me, that says the average person is changing jobs every 2.4 years. That's huge. There is a huge cost to transition, to turnover. But with the use of precise assessments, a data-driven culture, this period could almost double. So think of doubling going from two, two and a half years to four and a half or five years. That changes everything because we all know it takes time to onboard and train a new employee. And it depends on the job and the organization. Maybe it takes 90 days. Maybe it takes six months. Maybe it takes a year for somebody to get up and productive. Well, I don't know what the average is right now, but let's just say it takes a year for a new employee to fully become productive in their role. Well, the average employee would only be there another year to a year and a few months before they move on. But what if it's another three to four years? That's a whole different ballgame. It changes the profit margins. It changes the, the waste and expense in organizations. It really changes everything. And all of that impacts the bottom line. Imagine the cost savings in training, in productivity gains that you will get out of a extended tenure. It's not just about avoiding the inconvenience of high turnover. It's about enabling individuals to thrive in the roles that they were made for. That's a key element. You will not know what kind of a role someone is made for 
what they're gifted in unless you use assessments to figure that out. And we have those assessments. Using the right assessments doesn't just save you time and resources. It adds an extra layer of practicality. Why sift through multiple tools and data points when a well-designed package of assessments could give you what you need? For instance, to get the level of insight offered by Habit Story, the assessment I talked about a few minutes ago, I would need to use data from at least four different assessments plus a significant amount of my time to get the same level of insight. The time and effort saved here are invaluable, not just to me, but to every one of my clients. So where does this leave us? Do you want to be a person or a leader or an owner or an organization that drifts along making decisions based on limited information when it comes to people? Or would you prefer to be informed, insightful, and above all, effective in your people choices? Take a moment to reflect on all of this. Have you, like many others, been using some assessment that provided only surface-level insights? Is it time to invest in tools that offer you a nuanced, holistic approach? The potential benefits of this could be enormous, both for you and for those that you lead or for your organization. I always use the term measure what matters. I think that's important to think about because what gets measured is what gets done. What gets measured is where we gain insight, where we can make better decisions. Measure what matters and let that guide you toward the life and work you're always hoping to get to, what you desire to get to in your life and your work, in your organization. Thank you for joining us for this episode. If you have any questions about this week's episode or maybe a suggestion for future episodes you'd like us to explore, please contact us through our website at eqfit.org. For more information and inspiration, connect with us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube at EQFit.